today in sports betting for Thursday, March 16th. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. March Madness is finally here, and we're going to hit all 16 games today. Going to hit on the NBA and the NHL afterwards as well. But before I get started, this is Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, please check us out at sportsethos.com. I'm part of the Wager Pass group there. You can find that package on our site. You can also get uh, fantasy sports advice, uh, DFS advice. We have a ton of uh, free stuff, podcasts, and every sport, fantasy, wagering, uh, DFS, uh, articles up there as well. It's a great site for information. A bunch of handicappers, fantasy analysts, really exploding at Sports Ethos, and I highly recommend you check us out. Um, my buddy Blake Lawatch, who runs our wagering division, which I'm a part of, he'll be all over Twitter probably in the next few weeks with uh, college basketball. You can follow him at Blake Lawatch on Twitter. It's B-L-A-K-E-L-A-W-A-T-C-H. If you're a basketball fan and you need to follow my buddy Michael Fiddle uh, on Twitter, he's at mfiddle14, M-F-I-D-D-L-E-1-4. This guy knows his uh, NBA and NFL, but NBA inside and out, and especially from a wagering angle, uh, not, not necessarily, uh, following, you know, the public trends or the, um, you know, the certain teams, he's more of a crunching the numbers, getting closing line value kind of guy done a fantastic job. And if you're into golf, um, as the golf season gets going, you need to follow Adam Kirkhart. His, uh, Twitter handle is at Adam Kirk, A-D-A-M-K-E. RCK. He's done a great job. Already had a couple of huge winners in golf. I'm not really a golf wager, uh, so I kind of stay away from it, certainly on this show. But Adam knows his stuff, and he's done a good job to start the season. It looks like he's on a hell of a run and will probably continue for the rest of the year. So lots of things going on from a wagering point of view at Sports Ethos. Uh, if you have any questions, just hit me up in DM. Always happy to refer you to um, my colleagues here and answer any questions you have. But without further ado, it is finally here. Let's get started. The madness begins today at 12.15 in the East. We've got uh, West Virginia and Maryland playing. Coming in as an eight, Maryland number eight and West Virginia a number nine in the South. I'm on West Virginia here. Uh, it's a bit of a couple things. First of all, Big 12. I love the Big 12. Um, well, I, I would say I'm mostly a... Uh, because of my location, because of building an Illinois fan, I'm a Big Ten fan, but you'll see my picks pretty soon. I'm more about fan and on the Big 12 this year. So just from that point of view, I lean towards uh, West Virginia. I also think they're a little better coached, a little more experienced. Um, and I just think Maryland's really struggled on the road this year. I think they only have a couple of wins. I think they're, what are they? Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, two and nine in true road games. And those two wins were against Louisville and Minnesota. So kind of the dregs of the Big Ten. Not exactly impressive. Three and two in neutral site games. Whereas West Virginia is four and eight on the road. But those wins, some of those wins are against Pitt, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. Much tougher schedule. Much tougher league. Um, you can get them at minus two and a half. So I'm actually on the Mountaineers early today at minus two and a half. Next game, 1240 in East. We have Furman versus Virginia. This is number 13, Furman, against number four, Virginia. This is a bit of a trendy, not crazy trendy, but a lot of the experts are calling. Uh, Furman can score, uh, loves to play, well, likes to play fast. Uh, and as we know, Virginia is the exact opposite, one of the slowest teams in the country. Always have been. The trend with Furman, though, 14-1 and one in their last 15 games, but they have the 271st toughest schedule. So compare that to Virginia, who has the 80th toughest schedule. Plays in the ACC. Sure, the ACC was down. Um 
they've got the experience. They've got the coaching. Um, are they going to cover the five and a half? That's the question. The thing with Virginia, if you watch them over the last few years, and it's held true this year as well, if they get down, um, I mean, they play slow. They play great half-court basketball, kind of old-school basketball. Um, but if they get down a few, they're often, cha- often challenged to close that gap. Spread here is five and a half for Virginia, total 131 and a half. I actually took the money line. I got it earlier at minus 240. I see about minus 240, minus 245, minus 250, so shop around. Um, a little more conservative play. I don't usually traditionally take money lines. I'm just not sure I want to lay those points. I think Virginia wins. I can see them winning easy. But Virginia tends not to blow teams out, especially in the tournament. Um, so I'm on Tony Bennett. I'm on the Cavaliers, but uh, on the money line. A little more conservative play here. 140 in East. We have Utah State at um, at Missouri. Now, this is an odd, game, an odd, an odd line here. Utah State is a 10 seed. And uh, Missouri is the seventh seed, but Utah State's actually favored by a point and a half. Now, when you do the now when the NCAA b- builds their bracket, uh, they don't just rank teams one to sixty-four and match them up in that order. What they do is they put the higher ranked seeds, especially the ones and twos, closer to home. The lower ranked seeds don't get home court advantage. Uh, they don't want teams in the same conference playing each other in the second or third round, ideally. So they tend to spread around, spread teams around uh, in the middle of the lower part of the bra- middle part of the brackets. And this is what you're seeing here. It's two very evenly ranked teams, in my opinion, Um, but the lean uh, here is clearly towards Utah State. Now, when when you look at their numbers, they've done, uh, they've won seven straight in 12 of the last 15 games uh, in the Mountain West before they lost to San Diego in the the tournament final. Missouri's fairly hot as well. They've won five straight and 10 of 13 before losing to Bama in the semifinals, the SEC. but I think the biggest difference is Utah is number 64 in adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. So inside basically the top 18, called inside the top 20% of the country. And Mizzou is 179 in that. So basically average. And, you know, I think Utah State's defense is not quite elite, but definitely better. And Mizzou struggles rebounding the ball defensively. They rank number 362, second worst team in the country on defensive rebounding. Um while Utah is not great on the offensive boards, they're 219, so below average, when you've got a Missouri team that really, really struggles defensively, rebounding the balls, a few second chance points there for Utah. Utah State's different uh, defense is better, I believe. So I'm on the I'm on the Aggies here, minus one and a half uh, as the underdog, but taking them. Next game, Howard in Kansas. 16 seed Howard versus number one Kansas at 2 p.m. in the East. Uh, this game, minus, Kansas minus 22 and a half point favorite, 146 and a half in the total. And hard to, hard to, hard not to take Kansas. I mean, it's impossible not to take Kansas here. I think they win. I think they um, just heard that Bill Self will not be coaching. So their head coach uh, had a tar- heart attack recently. Big question for the tournament. Uh, I think he's with the team, but will he, he's not coaching today. Uh, so I think they're hoping. I mean, obviously you hope for his, uh, his health and safety or priority. Um, but from a pure basketball point of view, maybe if he misses the first weekend, if they can skate through that, although the next matchup could be tough, um, this year back for the following weekend, regardless, um, they look good in the one, the last game without him. And I think they will be able to roll for a few rounds just on skill and talent and systems alone. Minus 22 and a half is a little too big. I was debating playing this, but I decided to pivot and take the Howard total points under 61 and a half. I got that at about minus one Oh four last night on the score. So, um, I just don't think Howard's going to be able to score. You know, Kansas Kansas could put up 100 here for all you know um, and win by 30 or 40. 
I just think they can also take their foot off the gas and let Howard uh, get a backdoor cover. So I'm on the Howard points under 61 and a half. Sorry. Yeah. 61 and a half is total points for Howard under. Next game, 245 and East, another 16 versus one. You've got number 16, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who won the playing game. And they're facing the number one seed in the country, Alabama. 23 and a half point favorite is Alabama. Total here, 154 and a half. Again, much like the Kansas game, I think Alabama can blow these guys out. They've had some games down the stretch where they've stumbled to score. And while they've won, the games have been a little closer than expected. Uh, and I don't necessarily see that happening with against Corpus Christi. But again, do they take the foot off the gas? Is Corpus Christi playing to the very end? Because you know this is the national spotlight. And the only time some of these kids will be in the national, most of these kids will be in the national spotlight. So uh, I'm not on the number, but I'm actually on the total. And I'm on the under. I got it at 155 and a half. I think it's at 154. Last night it was on 155 and a half. I see the fan do up. 154 and a half minus 105 right now. I would still be on that number. I just think Alabama's D can shut them down. They've got such elite D. And uh, is A&M Corpus Christi going to be able to keep up with them? No. Uh, I think, you know, maybe even a first half under, I was debating that. Uh, I think the number there is probably around mid-70s. Um, but you never know. In a tournament game, do they come out? I think they probably come out with some jitters. So it might be a good play. But I think in general, Alabama slows the game down smothers them with defense and is able to hit the under on. As I said, I got 155 and a half. Next game, which is a bit of a trendy upset that I'm not on again. 310 East. We've got Charleston at San Diego. Charleston is a number 12. San Diego State is a number 5 seed. Um, San Diego State comes in 5.5 point favorites. Total here, 141 and a half. And in the south region here, San Diego State uh, has won five straight. But the big thing with Charleston, sorry, is back up, um, is they have a 10-game winning streak, and they're 31-3 and three overall. So everybody's saying, you know, look at that record. They've been fantastic. Sure, they haven't played great competition, but they've been beating everybody. Fair enough. Uh, but San Diego State comes in. They've won five straight, 27-6 and six on the season. So not really all that far in a way, way tougher conference. The Cougars of Charleston have played the 306th top-ranked schedule. So 363 teams. They played the 306th toughest schedule, so not very far, not very hard at all. Versus San Diego State played the 43rd toughest schedule. When I dug a little deeper, Charleston's played four teams inside the top 128. So obviously a random number, but there was I think they played one team that was 128. So below 128, they played four teams. They were two and two in those games. Um, against teams inside, uh, San Diego State on the flip side has played 20 games against teams in the top 100 of the country. 20 games. They're 14 and 6. So let me repeat that. Charleston's played uh, four games against teams inside the top 128. They're 2 and 2. San Diego State's played 20 games against the top 100 teams, and they're 14 and 6. Um, they're just, you know, I just don't think this is this is going to be a close game. Sure, Charleston State is, Charleston has done well. Gains very weak competition. San Diego State has the 10th, again, much harder schedule, the 10th ranked defense and defensive adjusted efficiency at Ken Palm. Uh, Charleston, against some weak competition, has the 73rd. On offense, uh, Charleston's 71st in adjusted efficiency, so a good number. Again, though, weak offensive and weak teams have been playing. San Diego State is 67th, so we've been ranked even higher on offense against a much tougher schedule. Five and a half points, I think, is a fair number. Um, so I actually got it at minus five yesterday. It's at minus five. I see it in FanDuel, minus one or four uh, juice. So shop around a little for that. I would still take it up to five and a half. I think San Diego State wins this. The next game, which is one of the early games I'm just not on, uh, 4-10 in the East. You get Princeton at Arizona. And um, 
Sorry, just trying to pull everything up here as we go. Um, Preston comes in uh, as a number two seed, uh, 15 seed, sorry, Arizona, the number two seed. Arizona, 14 and a half point favorite, total 153 and a half. Uh, I think Princeton has ability to keep this close, but I think Arizona wins by double digits. So I'm just not really comfortable laying that big a number. Uh, it's a stay away for me. And 153 and a half, I think both teams can score. And I could see if this game is close, Arizona keeps running, keeps pushing the pace. So not, if anything, I would look towards the under. Okay, early conference games, unders tend to be a little bit better bet. Um, maybe first half under, but I would look towards the under 153 and a half, but I'm not on this. At 4.30 in the East, we have Illinois and Arkansas, the first 8-9 matchup of the day. This should be a great game. Arkansas is favored by 1.5, and, and the total here, 143.5. And, and as I said earlier, uh, I'm trying, I'm kind of fading the Big Ten, and Arkansas is in the SEC, so solid conference. Um, I think, actually, the Big Ten was ranked at Ken Palm higher than the SEC. I just think the top half of the SEC is much stronger than the top half of the Big Ten, which Big Ten actually has 14 teams. But regardless, uh, they have some drags at the bottom and some pretty mediocre teams throughout the middle. So I like Arkansas. I think this game is a coin flip, one-and-a-half point spread. Obviously, it is a coin flip. And uh, I just like Eric Musselman as their coach, being able to get the team up, uh, which he has done traditionally with every team he's coached. These teams look like they kind of both come in uh, fairly cold. The Illini have lost uh, three of the last five and six of their last ten. Well, Arizona's lost four of their last five and six of their last nine. Um, but Arizona's played a little stronger competition down the stretch, playing the top-ranked teams in the SEC, uh, whereas the Illini are playing nice at the Big Ten. So I'm on Arkansas minus one and a half. And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and what we get after those eight games, when we get back, we will hit the next eight games. And for the second half of today's bracket, actually, the NCAA uh, takes a kind of a pause almost uh, around the 5 p.m. Eastern time. So you've got, well, a little after that, you've got Princeton, Arizona tipping at 410. You've got Illinois, Arkansas at 5.30. Then there's a bit of a break, usually, uh, called around dinner time in the East. 6.50 is the next game in the East. And you've got Auburn uh, at Iowa. And I think this would be a fantastic game, too, in the Midwest. Auburn comes in as the nine seed. Iowa as the eight seed. And Auburn, one and a half point favorite. And I'm going to be on Auburn here. Again, SEC uh, versus Big Ten. Uh, fading Iowa and taking Auburn. I heard the other day, I, think, I don't think... Auburn has lost a first-round game in the tournament ever. I'm not sure how many games that is, but I heard that interesting stat. Not really anything I would factor into my handicapping. Um, this playing game is played in Birmingham, Alabama, so fairly close for Auburn, uh, which is a bit of advantage, although Iowa fans are going to travel well, I think. Uh, so one and a half, minus one and a half for Auburn, total 151 and a half. Uh, I might look to this under. Iowa can score, but they score a lot better when at home. And when I look at some of the stats, uh, yeah, their offense is number three, Iowa's offense in, defense, in, in adjusted efficiency. Uh, but their defense is 166. Auburn's offense, 48. So still strong, not quite as strong. Uh, but their defense is very strong at number 28 in the country. And uh, I just think that they have, <clears throat> excuse me, a little deeper team, a little better team, and uh, fading the Big Ten. So I'm going to be an uh, Auburn minus one and a half here. Next game, which is probably, if not one of the trendiest, uh, close to the trendiest upset, and I'm not buying it. 7-10 uh, in the East, Duke is playing against Oral Roberts. And this game is in the East region. Duke comes in as number five seed, Oral Roberts at number 12. Minus six and a half here for Duke. 
Uh, it's a little big number, but I think I'm going to be on it. Total here, 145 and a half. And I know the Oral Roberts story. Uh, they can certainly play. They uh, Sorry, they can certainly run and they can score. They, they are the 38th fastest team in the country. Uh, so like to run. Duke is the 289th fastest team. It doesn't mean they don't like to run because I think John Shire, what he's done, took over from Coach K in great situation. They struggled a little out of the gates. Uh, the ACC was down. <clears throat> Excuse me. So everybody's been dumping on them. But Duke has played fantastic down the stretch. And I think that continues. They won the ACC tournament. So they won three straight games. Beat, um, beat Virginia 59-49 in the finals. Beat Miami 85-78 uh, in the semis. And in their first game, they thumped Pittsburgh 96-69. Prior to that, they had won six games as well. So won nine straight. Prior to that, lost against, lost at Miami, lost Virginia. So no shame in those games. And then won three before that. So they've won 12 of their last 14. And I think they're rolling at, at the perfect time. Uh, typical kind of Duke. So uh, I've actually got them going a couple rounds, a few rounds in those brackets that I have. And I'm going to be on Duke here. If I can get a minus six, which it was yesterday, it's ticked up a little. Uh, I definitely be on the minus six uh, for the Dukies. I think they beat Oral Roberts. I know it's a great story. But, uh, you know, pulling up the strength schedule, which I like to look at when you're comparing teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. That uh, Sorry, I just need a break here. Teams that haven't played each other, uh, conferences that are not really comparable. Oral Roberts has a 263rd toughest schedule uh, on Ken Palm, whereas Duke has the 67th. Obviously, the ACC is substantially better. And Oral Roberts is brutal at offensive rebounding, 305th in the country whereas Duke's the 67th best team defensive rebounding. Other end of the court, Duke is the eighth best team in offensive rebounding, and Oral Roberts is 135th. So think about that. Those numbers are far better for Duke in a far tougher conference. They're going to be able to get the ball on the board at both ends and lead to more second-chance points and negate second-chance points for Oral Roberts. I think Duke wins. I think they win this maybe by double digits. So I'm going to be in the Dukies minus six, minus six and a half. The next game has... Uh, where are we here? 725 in the East. We've got Colgate playing Texas. And just trying to pull it up here. There we go. Number 15, Colgate against number two, Texas. Spread 13 and a half here. Uh, minus 13 and a half for Texas. 149 and a half. Uh, I'm not really sure I'm going to be on this game. I like Texas. I like them a lot. Uh, I like them to win this. I don't know if I want to lay 13 and a half points with them. Uh, and Colgate can score. So I'm going to be watching this. Not really sure I'm going to be on it. Probably a fade for me. If anything, um, I don't know. I was going to say, if anything, take Colgate to cover those 13 and a half points. But I think Texas is one of the best teams in the country. So um, even without Chris Beard at the helm, they've been uh, playing really well lately. 735 in the East is one of my upsets that I like. And I don't think it's a crazy upset, but um, number seven, this is in the West region. Number uh Seven Northwestern comes in point now favorite over Boise State, and I like Boise here. Total here is 128, so a low low scoring game to be expected. And when I pull up their numbers, just trying to find it here on the grid. Um, so Boise, uh, obviously out of the Mountain West, they played a fairly tough schedule, 62nd toughest schedule in the country, and Northwestern out of the Big Ten, yes, that Big Ten that I'm fading, they played the 41st toughest schedule, so. Fairly, pretty much a wash. Northwestern uh, has lost four the first lost in the first round of the tournament. Well, the first round they played to Penn State. Have lost four of the last five. They lost at Illinois, at Maryland, at home to Penn State. They won at Rutgers, uh, which is traditionally an impressive win, but Rutgers has not played well at home, and they lost out in the NITs in their first game at the rack. 
Uh, and they lost again to Penn State on a neutral site. So kind of coming in limping. Uh, Boise State, on the other hand, comes in. They did lose to Utah State in the finals of the Mountain West and lost to Utah State in the last game of the tournament, which is not, no shame. Um, beat So to go through them, lost to Utah State, beat UNLV in the first round, last game of the season, lost to Utah State, beat San Diego State at home, which is impressive, lost the game before that at San Diego State in overtime, or pardon me, at San Jose State in overtime, and then had won uh, seven of their last eight uh, in the Mountain West. I just think they're a bit better team. I think the Mountain West is a, a conference that's being slept on a little. I know they had a terrible showing last year. They got a couple of poor seeds in the tournament or tough seeds, including Boise State. Got a tough draw last year. I think they're the better team. I think Northwestern's reeling a little. And uh, Big Ten Conference being overrated. So I'm actually on Boise catching a point and a half here. Uh, if I could get it at two, which I think it was earlier, I'm going to shop around a little, try and get it at two. But I'm on Boise State to pull the upset here. 9.20 in the East. We have the number one ranked Houston Cougars against Northern Kentucky. This is a tough draw for Northern Kentucky out of the horizon. Uh, minus 18.5 for Houston. Total here, 121.5. If anything, I'm probably not on this game, but if anything, I would lean towards Northern Kentucky covering. Marcus Sasser is going to be out for um, probably out. They say it's like a 90, 95% chance. Their best player is going to be out for Houston. And why play him? Rest him here. Um, maybe even rest them on Saturday. They, they'll play the winner of Iowa-Auburn, which could be a tougher game. Um, but if anything, keep them on the bench. And if it is a close game, get them in there. Um, but they need him if they're going to make a run, and they're expected to make a deep run. So they need Marcus Sasser healthy. They're not going to need him today. Um, they have the fourth-best defense and adjusted efficiency at Ken Palm, the 11th-best offense. So they should be able to roll on Northern Kentucky. Uh, Northern Kentucky's decent three-point shooting team, but Houston is the second-best team defending the three-ball in the country. So... Uh, I don't think this game is close, but I think Houston, without Sasser, gets up. They play a slow game, so total 121.5. Obviously, a slow game, is, uh, uh, close game is expected. Uh, when I just pull up their pace, just to give you a comparison, uh, Western Northern Kentucky is 358th in pace, so they play slow as well. Houston, 345th in pace, so it might even look towards the under. 121.5 is a small number, but... You know, gambling theory, traditionally, if you have a, a game with a big spread, Houston's favored by 18 and a half, probably not going to run up the score, score a lot of points. And yeah, they're not going to go out and win by 60. Uh, well, I don't think they're going to go out and win by 60. So traditionally, a lower scoring total with that. They get up early, they coast. Both teams play slow. You know, I could see this being a, you know, Houston wins 70 to 40 kind of game or a 65, uh, 45 kind of game. A really low scoring slog, but Houston wins, wins easy. Don't have to play Marcus Sasser. And uh, I'm probably looking, again, looking to maybe Northern Kentucky to cover. Lose big, but cover. And maybe be under 121 and a half, but that's a pretty small number. The next game has uh, Louisiana facing Tennessee. I'm just trying to pull this up. And this is in the East region. Louisiana comes in as the 13 seed, Tennessee the 4. This isn't what I'd call a trendy pick, but a lot of people love picking the 13s over fours, the 12s over five. I heard a stat in a show the other day, and I apologize for not having the accurate, but it was either a 13 seed or a 12 seed, one of them. Um, again, it was either the 13 seeds have won at least once in every one of the last, I think, seven or eight terms, or the 12 seeds, something like that. And that's a fun stat. And when you're building your bracket, people love jumping on those. And if you listen to my bracket show yesterday about bracket theory, um, it sure is fun to pick those. But, you know, one in the last one of four, there's four 
games that are four versus 13 in a tournament. One of those have won, even if it's each in the last seven or eight years, um, you still have to pick the right one. And let, you know, if you're, if you're jumping on all these upsets, sure, you might hit it, but there's, you know, a 75% chance at least that you're going to miss it and you got to pick the right one. So it's even greater than 75% chance. Anyways, oh, I shouldn't have went off on a tangent there. I am on Tennessee here. Tennessee is favored by 10 and a half, total 135 and a half. So obviously another low scoring game expected. And I'm actually leaning toward, I'm not going to, I haven't taken it yet, but I might grab Tennessee at minus 10 and a half. Uh, they don't play fast. They're 278th in the nation versus uh, Louisiana who is coming out of the Sun Belt. They're 130th, so a little faster than average, but I don't think that's really going to matter. Uh, Louisiana has some um, you know, impressive offensive metrics, but their strength of schedule, they played the 157th toughest schedule. So again, a little bit above average, um, but Tennessee coming out of the SEC played the 38th toughest schedule, so a lot harder. Um, everybody loves dumping on Rick Barnes, and I've done it before too in the tournament. I don't think Tennessee's going far in this tournament, uh, but I think they're getting by Louisiana. I think they're getting by them fairly easily. 135 and a half total going to be a low scoring game again can tennessee who doesn't traditionally you know if, if, if they're not shooting well if they're shooting well for them they still don't shoot all that well so if they struggle a little it could be tough to cover that number but i would lean towards tennessee uh second last game of the night which i think will be uh, a very good game has uh penn state playing texas a&m and is trying to pull up where these guys are again and we've got um Sorry, throwing the blank here on these guys. There we go. Texas A&M in the Midwest. So we've got um, Texas A&M a number seven seed, Penn State a number 10 seed. A&M comes in two and a half point favorites, 134 and a half. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be, I will be on A&M here, uh, laying the two and a half points. Going to shop around a little, see if I can get a two, but it's probably going to be stuck at that. Um, Penn State coming out of the Big Ten. Uh, has had a good run, obviously, playing well down the stretch, which I think a lot of people are buying into. Um, although lost to Purdue uh, in the Big Ten final, but prior to that had beaten in the Big Ten tournament, upset Illinois, upset Northwestern, upset Indiana, so three straight. Prior to that, uh, beat Northwestern on the road, beat Maryland at home. Uh, so coming into the Big Ten tournament, they had won uh, four of their five of their last six, and they won three straight, and they're playing and then lost to Purdue by two points. So they're playing much better for sure. But I really like Texas A&M with Buzz Williams. I think this team could go far. Uh, if you are in a, again, listen to my bracket show yesterday, if you're in a big pool, so 115 above up to these massive 10,000 kind of uh, tournament pools where with a bunch of entries, A&M's the kind of team you take, I think, is an upset flyer. Sure, they're a seven seed. I don't think they're going to win at all, but I could see them getting to the Elite Eight, Final Four, maybe even the finals. Again, if you want to take a crazy flyer, I think they're that good. The challenge with them is always their scoring. Their defense is elite. They're ranked 38th in defensive efficiency. They're actually ranked uh, 30th in scoring. So good numbers, uh, but I don't know that either of those are elite numbers to win at all. I do like them at Penn State, though. Penn State's actually ranked 17th best in uh, adjusted efficiency in offense, but 99th in defense. And where the difference could be, and when I look at this game, is on offensive rebounding. Oddly, Penn State is the 362nd, so the second worst team in offensive rebounding in the country. And uh, that poses a problem because on the flip side of that, you've got uh, well Texas A&M on the defensive boards of 270 seconds. So not great on the defensive boards, but definitely a little bit better. And on the other end of the court, Texas is the sixth best team in offensive rebounding. 
So you got one team that's terrible, like terrible at it, second worst in the country. You've got one team that's the sixth best team in the country. So I think Penn State's going to struggle to get second chance points, and I'm going to be able to get second chance points. So that leads me in a in is what basically a tight game with a tight spread uh, leads me to A and M. I think better team, better conference. And if I need to, you know, dig deep and find one stat that I really like, it's that offensive rebound. I look at that a lot. And I think they have the ability to gain a few more points through that and be able to cover this, what I say, two and a half, two and a half point spread. So uh, I definitely like, I'm going to be on uh, A&M here to cover this. Last game of the night is 10.05 in the East. And we have the number two ranked UCLA Bruins in the West versus UNC Asheville. Uh, tough draw for UNC Asheville. I was kind of hoping they were going to get a little higher draw and maybe pick them as an upset, but it ain't going to happen here. UCLA 17.5 point ferret, 135.5 is the total. Uh, if anything, I would maybe lean towards, I think I've been burnt by this a few times in a tournament, um, fading, not fading, but not going with the big spreads with UCLA early. Uh, I would maybe lean towards Asheville uh, covering this spread. Now the challenge is coming out of the big south, They've got the, uh, what is it looking here, the sixth longest win streak in the country. They won nine straight, and they've actually won two, four, six, eight, nine, 18 of their last 19. However, their schedule ranks 294th overall. So impressive numbers, but not exactly beating the best competition. UCLA, on the other hand, uh, is the 32nd hardest schedule. And while they lost to Arizona in the finals of the um, Pac-12, Prior to that, they had won, let's see, 2, 4, 10, 12 games as well. So they're 12-1 and one in their last 13. They are rolling. Um, they are down one of their best players, though, in uh, Jalen Clark. I think he's out for the tournament. And that is why I am fading them long for a long, uh, long term of the tournament. I think they win tonight, and I think they win easy. Um, question is, do they take their foot off the foot off the gas and let Asheville get a backdoor cover. So probably not going to be on this game. Just don't like that big a spread, but I'm on uh, UCLA to win for sure. So that's the breakdown of the first day of March Madness, which should be a fantastic day. We're going to quickly move to the NBA in which there are five games tonight. Uh, I guess they didn't quite get the memo that uh, the bracket NCAA starts tonight. You might want to have a little quieter slate regardless. Uh, we go to 710 in the East, and we have the Denver Nuggets, who are traveling from Toronto to play the Pistons. Nuggets come in 14.5 point favorite. 228.5 is the total. When I look at the injury list, uh, Jamal Murray is probable, which is a good sign for them. Detroit have all their guys out. Uh, Bagley obviously is out. Cunningham's out for the year. Uh, Jaden Ivey's probable. Isaiah Stewart is out. 14.5 points. Uh, I can't lay this. If anything, I'd be on the Pistons. They are bad, um, and if Murray plays, Nuggets are healthy. But that's just a few too many points to lay at home. Detroit can be wildly inconsistent, as you know if you've listened to my show over the last couple of years. But 14.5 points is a few too many. Next game, 740 in the East. Oklahoma City travels to Toronto to play the Raptors. The Raptors 6.5 point favorites. Total here is 231 on the injury list for um, pretty much status quo for OKC. The big guys, Holmgren and Pokashevsky, are obviously out. And for the Raptors, only Delano Batten really is out. Other than that, fully healthy. So I like the Raps to win. Maybe I might look at them at minus 250 money line. Uh, but if anything, I would lean OKC at plus six and a half. I mean, they're playing well. They're a um, young team. I like the way they're playing. I like their future, the way they're set up. 
And the Raptors don't tend to blow teams out. The Raptors are playing well lately. Big win over Denver the other day. Um, but I think they kind of maybe overlook OKC, and it's, this is a game. OKC tends to play well in Toronto and keep games close. So I think I'd lean to plus six and a half, but not going to be on it. Next game is in New York where the Brooklyn Nets host the Sacramento Kings, and that's their two-point favorites. Total here, 238 on the injury list. Again, fairly early in the day. Uh, nothing for Sacramento listed. Ben Simmons is out for the Nets. Uh, I would lean Kings on the road. I would actually probably lean to the Nets here, uh, laying the two points. Decent team. I know they've traded off all their big parts, uh, so these guys are playing for the future. But they seem to be uh, playing not well, but competitive. And Sacramento on the road, uh, great, great story. Going to be fun to see what they do in the playoffs. And I just think think the Nets at home uh, should be a favorite. Minus two, a eh, little, little close. Probably not going to be on that game either. Uh, 8-10 in the East, we have Milwaukee Bucks hosting the Indiana Pacers. Bucks are 13.5-point favorites. 238 is the total. When I look at the injury list here, Halliburton is questionable. Buddy Heald is questionable. Uh, Matherin Duarte remain out. TJ McConnell, questionable. Miles Turner, questionable. Uh, then on the Bucks side, Grayson Allen is out. And that Lopez out. Jay Crowder is probable. So that's a good sign. 13 and a half is a lot to lay. I actually like the Pacers. I like them a lot more at home. Um, but if Halliburton's out, I definitely don't like them. And Milwaukee uh, can blow teams out the way they've been playing. So if anything, I would probably lean the Pacers as a 13 and a half, but stay away from me. Definitely need to see if Halliburton's playing. If he's playing, uh, I would be on the Pacers plus 13 and a half. Last game of the night at West, Phoenix Suns at 10-10 in the East host the Orlando Magic. The Suns come in eight-point favorites. 228 is the total. For Orlando, Gary Harris questionable. Uh, for the Suns, KD is out. Landry Shamet out. And Torrey Craig and Joss Kogi are probable and available. Um, if anything, I would lean towards the Suns. Just eight points. Orlando's playing a lot better. Kind of nothing to lose this late in the year. Um, playing a little more freewheeling. So if anything, I would... Um, I like the Phoenix, I like Phoenix to win. I just don't think eight points is a few too many. So I'm not really sure I can get there on that. So uh, that's it for the hardcore, and we head to the ice. And clearly, the NHL did all about college basketball starting. They've got 11 games. I'm going to riff through these quickly. Uh, Colorado travels to Ottawa. They were in Toronto yesterday and pull out the big overtime win. You can get the Road Avs minus 135 favorite. The homestand is 122. Total here is six and a half. Uh, Colorado played a low-scoring game today. I don't think that's the case today. The six and a half is juiced to minus 120. That's where I would look. I would also. Um, yeah, I'm not going to. I would say I was going to say uh, I would look to the Avs with them back to back on the road. Uh, you know, it's not the NBA where that's a huge factor, but it's definitely a factor. So stay away there. Montreal travels to Florida to play the Panthers. Uh, you can get the home Panthers minus three sixty five. The road Habs plus two eighty five. Total here is six and a half. I like the Panthers, but not laying three sixty five. Pittsburgh travels to New York for a great battle in the East. You can get the home Rangers uh, at minus one forty six. The road Pens plus one twenty two. Total here is six and a half. I would look to the under. It's at minus one ten. Uh, Shesterkin will probably be a net for the Rangers. Both teams can obviously score, uh, but both teams can play defense, and this will be, I think, a tight game. Another tight game. Uh, Tampa Bay heads up to Jersey to play the Devils. You can get the home Devils minus 137, the road Lightning plus 144. Total here is 6.5, juiced on both sides at minus 110. Uh, I would lean the under here as well. Uh, I think both teams can play well defensively. Tampa's kind of, coast, I think, coasting into the playoffs um, and ready to turn on any day now. So don't want to bet against them, even though they're getting plus – uh, 114 on the road. Uh, New Jersey is a hell of a team. So 
if anything, I would uh, maybe lean towards Tampa, get into plus money, but I, w- I would look at the other six and a half. The Bruins are in the, on the road in Winnipeg, 805 in the east. You can get the road Bruins minus 152, the home Jets at plus 126. Total here six and a half. Uh, juice to the under at minus 132. The Bruins coming off a big upset against Chicago. Uh, are they reeling? Uh, no, absolutely not. They're the Bruins. They're rolling through this year. Uh, one, one fifth, lane 152 on the road. I just can't do that, though. So not really on that one. Next game, the upstart Blackhawks. The upstart Blackhawks who beat the Bruins on the road in Nashville to play the Preds. The Preds are minus 260 in the money line. The road Blackhawks plus 210. Total here is five and a half. Uh, juice to the over minus 134. You can get the under plus 110. Um, I'm not, I, you know, I would look to the over five and a half, the way Chicago's playing offensively, and they're letting a lot of pucks in the net. Uh, but at minus 134, I can't touch that. Um, 210, there's probably some value on getting them plus 210 on the money line. Coming off the big win against Boston, you know, they've got a little more swagger, a little more confidence, playing free and easy since they traded off all their parts and they're looking towards next year. Might look at that. 9 of 5 in the East. Uh, the Stars travel to Edmonton to play the Oilers. The Oilers are minus 137 on the money line. Dallas plus 114. Uh, I like the st- I like the Oilers here. Total here is 6.5. You get that at minus 132. The over, under is plus 108. Um, if anything, maybe do the under at the plus money. Probably going to stay away. Or Edmonton can explode against anybody, but Dallas is a decent team defensively. Question is on the road, are they as strong? Uh, so I'd probably lean towards the Oilers' money line. Calgary is in Vegas to play the Golden Knights. You can get the home Knights at minus 115 as the favorites and the road Flames at minus 105. So very close game here. Total here is 6.5. Juice to the under at minus 114. Uh, I would probably lean to the under. I think this would be a tight game. I think it would be a tight defensive game. And probably lean to the home Knights just because they're at home and minus 115 is a decent price. Third last game, Arizona hosts the Vancouver Canucks at 10.05 in the East. The Coyotes minus, or plus 125 in the money line. The road Canucks minus 150. Total here is 6.5, minus 110 on each side of that. Um, sure, there's value at plus 125 on the home team, but it's the Coyotes. Uh, you know, Vancouver is a better team, but not that good uh, after all their trades as well. And... You know, I'm not laying 150 in the road. So there might be some value at 125 at home on the Coyotes. The LA Kings host the Columbus Blue Jackets, 1035 in East. The home Kings minus 285 on the money line. CBJ plus 230. Total here six and a half, minus 122 to the over, plus 100 to the under. Uh, I like the home Kings. I like them a lot. Not at 285. Maybe lay the puck line, which is minus one and a half. That's at 115. So if you think they're going to win by two goals or more, you know, six and a half goals are, are, the, are the total. Uh, and a minus 122, you know, that's that's the favorite option uh, for the over. So a lot of goals are going to be scored. Kings are probably going to score more of them. Maybe look to the puck line there at minus one, one and a half. Last game of the night is in San Jose at 1035 in the East where the Sharks host the Seattle Kraken. You can get the road Kraken at minus 170 as a favorite. The home Sharks at plus 140. Total here is 164. Uh, 164, oh, sorry. Total here is six and a half. I don't know where I got 164 from. Uh, total here is six and a half. Juice to the over, though, minus 124. You can get the under at plus 102. Uh, if anything, I might look towards the under. You know, Seattle can play well. It's a good defensive team. They're the favorite here, substantial favorite at minus 170. And, you know, keeping a low-scoring game, although the Sharks' defense has been pretty weak, so they may be able to score a few goals. But they basically need to get seven goals. So if this game could stand their seven, I think it probably can. I think the Kraken win. So I would lean towards that. Oh, 
First day of March Madness is here. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you got some angles, some picks. We'll be back tomorrow with the next 16 games. But before I go, uh, I do want to remind you of our buddies at Manscaped. If you haven't already, check out manscaped.com uh, and use the code hoop, the, the coupon code HoopBall20, HoopBall20 for 20% off your order and free shipping. Great products. Great people over there. Highly recommend you check them out. And if you haven't already, again, follow me on Twitter, Doug underscore Reed34, and check out sportsethos.com. And hopefully enjoy the beginning of March Madness. Hopefully I've given you some angles, some thoughts, some picks. And in the NBA and the NHL as well. Let's make some money, and we will catch you tomorrow for the second half of the first round of March Madness. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Enjoy sitting around and watching some ball. 